He set me free. Once like a bird in prison I dwell, no freedom from my sorrow I fell. Then Jesus came and listened to me, and glory to God, He set me free. Well, He set me free, yes, He set me free, and He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound by Jesus to see, for glory to God, He set me free. darkness of night has drifted away my feet are planted on higher ground and glory to god i'm overbound well he set me free yes he set me free and he broke the bonds of prison for me i'm glory bound by jesus to see for glory course again well he set me free yes he set me free and he broke the bonds of prison for me i'm glory bound by jesus to see for glory to god he set me free for glory to god for glory to god he set me free Glad to be set free this morning. Amen. We're going to continue to work. There's a place where I love to run and play. There's a place where I sing new songs of praise. Dancing with my Father God in of praise dancing with my father god in fields of praise sing that next verse with us there's a place where i lose myself within there's a place where i find myself again dancing Dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. Dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. You thankful for that grace? Sing this verse with us. There's a place where religion finally dies. There's a place where I lose my selfish pride. With my Father God in fields of grace. Dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. Sing, I love my Father. I love my Father. My Father loves me. I dance for my Father. My Father sings over me. Sing those words again. I love my Father. Father loves me, I dance for my Father. My Father sings over me. Nothing can take that away from us. Sing it out. 
and nothing, nothing, nothing can take that away from me. And nothing, nothing, nothing can take that away from me. There's a place where religion finally dies. There's a place where I lose my selfish pride. Sing that chorus. Dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. Dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. Dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. Sing those words one more time. Dancing with my Father God in fields of grace. Amen. cross before me, the world behind, no turning back, raise the banner high, it's not for me, it's all for you. Let the heaven shake and split the sky, let the people clap their hands and cry, it's not for us, it's all for you. Yeah, y'all sing that with us. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. If y'all believe those words, sing this with us. Our hearts unfold before your throne, the only place for those who know it's not for us, it's all for you. Sing your holy fire on this offering, let our worship burn for the world to see, it's not for us, it's all for you. Not to us. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. That's our prayer this morning. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. One more time. Not to us, but to your name be the glory.
Are you glad you're in the house of God this morning? Amen. Just as I am and waiting not to Just as I am, I 
Everything I 
choked up can you tell Harold prayed that the Lord would touch my infection I didn't know I had an infection I thought it was pollen but things are not always what they appear amen so I thank you for that prayer Harold the Lord may have put you on something and um, <clears throat> got up uh, feeling feeling kind of poorly last night and I took what I normally take and then I wake up the next day and it's better Woke up this morning, it was worse. Becky said, you need to call in sick. I said, Beck, I am not going to ask somebody um, to preach with like two-hour notice. So here I am, bear with me. I have a message from the Lord. Um, it, it is a challenge to, to talk this morning, and I know my voice is probably irritating. But I want you to pray right now that God would have his way in this moment of preaching. Would you just pray from your heart? Amen. You know, I'm a car person. I've, I have readily confessed to that truth about who I am. In 1980, Christy was born, was an addition to our family, and um, we had a little two-door Nissan, well, it was Datsun back then, Datsun B210 hatchback, and it was a pretty little car, but honestly, uh, getting a car seat uh, in and out, or back then it was a baby carrier, you know, you just kind of tied a string to it and put them in the Lord's hands, you know what I'm saying? But hey, I rode up in the back window when I was a kid. Anybody else? So anyway... But uh, I convinced myself when I went to have the Dotson service at Dick Smith Nissan there on Two Notch Road that I needed to be in the market for a, a car that would be easier to load the kids in. So I um, went to have an oil change, and they had a white Bonneville. Now, some of y'all don't even know what a Bonneville is. <laughs> they don't make Pontiacs anymore. But it's a General Motors vehicle, was a General Motors vehicle. White with uh, kind of a powder blue interior and a power blue vinyl roof. Don't you wish you had one? <laughs> and so I, I went home and I, I pled my cause and 
Becky said, well, you're going to do what you're going to do, just whatever. So I went and got this car. Man, I looked good in that car. I remember that I was going to have prayer with someone one night. They called me out, and I'm driving, um, I'm driving through Columbia, and you know how some of the windows are reflective in the buildings? Oh, y'all, I slowed down. I'm like, whoa, I look good. Thank you, Lord. You've been so good to me. And then the oil light came on a couple of weeks later, and I went to my uh, guy that I always went to, and I said, I need, I need oil. And he, so he put a quart of oil in it. A couple of weeks went by, and the oil light came on. And I went back to him, and I said, I need oil. He said, man, why do you need oil again? I said, I don't know. The light's on. And he said, okay, we'll put some more in. So he put some in. A couple of weeks went by, the oil light come on. I go back to him. Three strikes, you're out, you know. He said, we need to look at this thing. Something is going on. Y'all, that was the prettiest car I think I've ever had. He calls me and he says, I hate to tell you this. Don't you, don't you love when a conversation starts with that? I hate to tell you this. You don't need oil. Your engine block is cracked. Who, Lord. One day, Jesus came to town, and he already had notoriety. He had been feeding multitudes and healing people, and just all kinds of blessing were flowing from his life in, in relationship to the needs that were uh, represented in the lives of the people he was encountering. So when the people heard he was coming, they went to the house where he where they said Jesus is going to be at so-and-so's house, and they went, and there were so many people there, nobody else could get in. I mean, it, pe people sitting in the windows, uh, crowding the doorways. Well, there were these four fellas who had a friend who was paralyzed, and they thought, we need to get him to Jesus. How awesome it would be if he could walk. Amen? That's the truth. How awesome it would be if he could walk and take care of himself, and not have to depend on the likes of us to get him from point A to point B. And so they get there, and you know the story, and I'm not going to dwell here uh, for very long, but you know how they, they went up, they couldn't get in through the door, they couldn't get in through the windows, uh, even as they tried, people were just kind of, man, back off, you know. Um, so they went up on the roof, and they, they took a, the tile away, and they lowered him, it says they lowered him right in front of Jesus. Now watch this. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Son, your sins are forgiven. What? And I, I think the four guys on the roof are just kind of scratching their heads like, What? Can he not see his obvious need? It ends up that Jesus brings physical healing to the man as a validation of the forgiveness that had just taken place in heaven. He said, uh, I know you all are finding fault with me here in this house today, but he said, so that you might know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sin, I say to you, take up your bed and walk home. And he got up and took his bed and he walked out of the place. But here's what is so important for us to see. I come to the Lord today and I say, Lord, this is what I need. And I look at that Bible story and I look at that awesome purchase of a Bonneville that I made in 1980 
and I realize I'm not always seeing everything as it really is. The greatest need that man had that day was not physical wholeness, but spiritual wholeness. Because the truth of Scripture is that in our sin, left in our sin, we will perish for all of eternity, for God is of pure eyes than to look upon sin. There's no way that we can remain in sin and dwell forever in the presence of God in that place that He has prepared for those who love Him. And so when Jesus saw the man, He saw, first of all, His most important need is not physical and it's not temporal, it's spiritual and it's eternal. And so He spoke to the eternal spiritual need and everybody there thought He just didn't know what was really happening in Mark 10:45 we find these words The son of man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many You know that verse you've heard that verse through your lifetime And now you know the address Mark 10:45 is where that verse is found For the son of man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom, a price that is paid that someone else might go free for many. And when you look at the passage, here's what's attached to Jesus saying that about himself. James and John come to Jesus. Mark writes about it in verse 32 of chapter 10. They come to him. They're just kind of walking along the way. And they said, hey, we've got, we want to ask you a favor. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Would you allow us, when you come into your kingdom, would you allow one of us to sit on your left and the other on your right? And so they have a discussion about their request, and Jesus ends up saying to them that those who are greatest in the sight of God are those who serve the least of people who have needs represented in their lives. And then he says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus came, and ultimately the reason He came was not to calm a stormy sea. It was not to feed the multitude. It was not to heal the lame, the blind, and the mute, and the deaf. Jesus came to this world to lay down His life as a ransom for our salvation. Because Jesus knows that unless we come to the cross and accept the blood that was shed for our forgiveness, we will be eternally damned in our sin. Don't you know that there were times when Jesus wanted to shake them? Don't you know there are times when Jesus is wanting to shake me and shake you and and help us? You're not seeing You're not seeing the bigger picture. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world only to lose his soul? What what does it profit you to have a comfortable bank account, a nice house, a nice car or two? What, What does it profit you to be able 
to have the means to take a vacation at the coast or in the mountains? What does it profit you to have healing bestowed on your body? Whatever your need may be. What does it profit you to gain all that has to do with this earthly existence only to neglect your greatest need? And make no mistake about it, our greatest need is salvation. The Bible says we are created for eternity. It's not an afterthought. It's not plan B. From before the beginning of time, God created people like us to be with Him for all of eternity. And I mean, come on, when you think about eternity, 70, 80, 90 years on this earth is but a drop in the ocean compared to eternity. Becky's mom turned 92 yesterday. Give her a hand, will you? <clears throat> 92. She's amazing. God has blessed her. But one day, Molly, and I might beat her to it, will draw her last breath. And when she was a little girl, she understood that of all of the blessings that Jesus would bring to her in her lifetime, and he's blessed her abundantly. She knew as a little girl that more important than anything that she could receive from the hand of Jesus was his forgiveness. The spiritual rebirth that comes with the shedding of his blood. He came to give his life as a ransom for you. For you. For all of us. He came to give his life as a ransom. Which means we need him to buy us out of our trouble. And we don't have what we need to buy ourselves out of trouble. We don't. We need Him to do for us what we could never pull off for ourselves or even for our family members. You know, we can do good for our kids and for our grandkids, but it only goes so far, amen? When we've done everything that we know to do to bring blessing to their lives, there comes that moment when Papa needs to say to his granddaughters and his grandson, I love you with all my heart. I'd do anything for you. I'd lay my life down for you, but listen. You need for Jesus to do in your soul what nobody else can do for you. Mom and daddy can't do it. Mama and papa can't do it. Your friends can't do it. Money won't make it happen. Position and power, political prestige won't bring it together. You need the blood of Jesus applied to your sin record. And just one drop of his blood will wipe it all clean. And God will see you clothed in Jesus Christ. Paid in full by the blood that he shed at Calvary. Well, the guy told me how much it would cost to put a new 
motor in that Pontiac. And all of a sudden, it wasn't very pretty anymore. I said, I know. Since that Datsun was doing so good, how about if I just go back and get a Datsun? And that's what I did. And a testimony to, the, uh, to Dick Smith, a fine Christian man who, who had a, a very successful car business in Columbia, and now his, his kids follow in his footsteps. But I went to Dick Smith, and I told him what happened. He said, I am so sorry. He said, how much did you pay for that car? And I told him, and he, had, he said, what salesman helped you? And he brought the salesman in. He gave me back what I paid for that car. And he said, now you've got enough down payment, you can get you that Datsun, and you won't have any engine problems with that. And I got another little white Datsun and drove it to death. <laughs> Do you know for sure that if you don't wake up tomorrow on this earth that you'll wake up in heaven? Yes. Do you know that for sure? Have you made your peace with God? Have you received the forgiveness that Jesus is offering through the, His shed blood on the cross? Have you answered the Spirit's call to humbly kneel before God and say, God, there's a spiritual need in me that I cannot fix myself and nobody on this earth can fix would you please have mercy on me just as I am without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me Lord I come I want you to allow Jesus death to be my eternal ransom and God there's stuff wrong with me that needs your touch but I recognize this morning that of all the things that need to be fixed in my life, the one that matters most is eternal. And God, I want to leave here this morning knowing without a shadow of a doubt that if tomorrow is my day to step over or if today is my day to step over, that I'll step on the streets of gold. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Lord, I come. Lord, I come. Y'all had another song planned, but that's the one you're going to sing, by the way. I don't pull rank very often, but that's the one we're going to sing this morning. Because when you were singing it earlier, I thought, oh my goodness, how did they know what I was going to be preaching about? How many times do we sing just as I am? Don't leave here this morning without allowing God to apply the blood, the spilled blood of His Son to your account. And then He will write on your sin record to tell us die. It is finished, which literally, literally means paid in full. That's why when I was walking on the Via Dolorosa just a few weeks ago, I teared up when I touched the place on the wall where they say Jesus caught himself as he stumbled under the weight of the cross. I thought, Lord, if you had not walked this way, if you had not gone to Golgotha, this would just be a historical trip. But this is a spiritual trip. Because I know I'm headed for heaven because you knew you were headed 
to Calvary. Praise team, would you come? And would you just bow your heads? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is not a time for shyness. It's not a time for being timid. I wonder if that old, if that old boy who was crippled said, Hey guys, don't, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't take me up on the roof. I don't, know if I, can, I don't know if I can endure this. I wonder if he did. He may have. I'm kind of wired that way. I probably would have said, uh-uh. No, please. I don't even like heights. Don't take me up there. But it was not a time to be bashful or, or proud or timid. It was a time to say, Lord, I need what you're offering. I need what you're offering. The Son of Man came not to be served. It was not politics. He came to serve. He came to show us how much God loves us. How much? He died in our place. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What love. Just as I am without Just as 
before him on that day, whenever my day comes, the only, the only answer I have for being allowed entrance into heaven is the cross. And that's what it means when it says, and now to glory in your cross. It's not what we've done religious in, in our religious attempts to please God. It's not how much we've given in the offering plate. It's, it's not how many church services we attended. It's not how many mornings we listened to praise music on the way to work. It's not how many people we prayed for in our lifetime that God's blessing would be poured out in their lives. There's only one way to be saved, and that is through the cross of Christ. And you should not leave here today without kneeling at that cross and saying, Oh, Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am. Be the lamb who saves me from my sin. Friend, listen to me. That's your most important need this morning. It's not your car troubles. It's not your marriage problems. It's not sickness. It's not your job. It is appointed to man once to die and after that the judgment. And that's why the Bible says now is the appointed day. Now is the time of salvation. Because right now, while you have presence of mind and while you have breath of life, there is an opportunity for you to say, I come to the cross. I'm not going to try to save myself. I come to the cross. I want Jesus' blood to cleanse me from all sin. I urge you, I plead with you to make that peace with God so that when your family gathers on that day, when you are on this earth no more, they will be able to celebrate the fact that you're home with Jesus. Sing that third verse with us.
God. 